Welcome, everyone. I am Patrick Lushwan, and I am your host of Faculty Stories Tell Me Your Why. In this podcast, I ask faculty to share what drives their work, what they do, what they do. This question not only gives context to the human stories that drive our mission, it also provides it life and purpose. In faculty affairs, our own why is to create an environment where every faculty member is seen in their whole identity, inundated with positive experiences throughout all stages of their career. This is why we shine a light on these extraordinary individuals. We complete each discussion by asking our guests for a piece of advice to share with the next generation of scholars. These unscripted conversations are as diverse and unique as each of the individuals, yet they have one thing in common, the passion that fuels the work of these educators, innovators, and public servants. Join me in following their stories. So Corey, good afternoon. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, I so much look forward to have this conversation with you. And if you don't mind, I'd like to start with, you know, sharing an experience. Uh, the first time we met, you didn't know we were meeting because I was in a room full of individuals that you were welcoming mm-hmm. for their first, um, you know, first orientation as initial faculty. That was last That's fall. right. That's right. That's right. And I joined your college and you you spoke and um, you just filled the room with such mm-hmm. brightness and your personality and you something that really struck me. And this is why we're here today mm-hmm. is you started welcoming people by telling pieces of your story yeah. and you made it so personal, so inviting, so welcoming mm-hmm. that um, I couldn't help but feel that, you know, I was being welcomed to this group of individuals. Mm. So you do this really well. I've learned to know you a little bit better since then. We've met a few times. And every time I'm always struck by your story, by, you know, how you radiate, how generous you are. So I am very happy to welcome you today and have a conversation with you. And if you don't mind starting by introducing who you are, when you join OSU, and what it is that you work on, what excites you in your work. Yeah, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on here. This is quite an honor. It's quite um, amazing to be able to be present with you and having this conversation. Thank you so much for your kind words. Um, I really do appreciate that, and I'm glad that um, my story and the journey of my story um, had, uh, you know, had an impact on you in that way. So thank you. That, that means a lot. Um, so um, a little bit about me. I am Corey Little Edwards. I'm distinguished professor in the Department of Sociology and interim associate dean of diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice for the College of Arts and Sciences. That is a very long title. Yes, I know. But hey, <laughs> um, let's see. I have been here for a minute. Uh, I've been here since 2004. I came here straight from finishing up my doctorate, uh, which I finished at the University of Illinois, Chicago. And my scholarship has focused on uh, race and religion. So um, I did that in my my PhD program, and I continue to do that uh, even through today, you know, building on that uh, research agenda. So that's been, that's kind of been my work uh, since I've kind of started on this journey. Um, I feel a little bit though, Patrick, like I have to tell people 
a bit about what you were, what they, what you learned about me when you first kind of met me, so to speak. Um, I? Okay, so um, so just to tell you all a little bit about my journey. So as I just mentioned, uh, I am uh, in the Department of Sociology, but this was not always what I had uh, aspired to do. So when I was younger, um, and by younger, I mean kind of a lot younger, uh, I really wanted to be a professional dancer. So I, I danced for several years. I took dance classes. I even got accepted on, into the creative and performing arts um, high school and had this, you know, was really inspired by Alvin Ailey dancers, which if you haven't gone to see them, I mean, for me, you know, I know they're just, they're just amazing. Uh, it's, and I just love dance, period. And in fact, I, but, you know, I still dance, right? I still love to dance and I do when I can. Um, but that ended up not being what I, what I pursued. Um, I ended up, taking a hard left turn. And then I went uh, for my undergraduate degree. I actually did engineering, civil engineering in particular. Uh, and, and in many ways, I made that decision because um, I am, well, I am a, a Black woman, first-generation college student. And in many ways, you know, we're, we are taught and socialized that, um, or say I was, you know, that really, you know, taking care of yourself and making a really practical decision about your college education is important. One in which that will take, you know, will you can take care of yourself and take care of yourself well when you're done. But my experience is a part um, as a Black woman in engineering, but also really as a person of faith who was, had grown up going to the Black church. And I also had attended a church that was largely um white, I just began to really think about how is it that race kind of impacts our society. I began to see things in that way. So I say, I didn't know this at the time, but there's um, a, a word in sociology or social scientists or a phrase or a concept called sociological imagination. I would say my sociological imagination was opened. I didn't use that language, but what that all that means is I began to see patterns in society that I really hadn't quite noticed before. I mean, they were there, obviously, but I didn't really notice them. And I just began to have this desire to really understand what those were and why they existed and how, if any, if any way, we could kind of address them. So that's kind of my story. So I thought I would kind of give a little bit of a background uh, to what you were experiencing when you first kind of interacted with me. Well, thank you so much for sharing. As usual, as I said, you're so generous with your story. Um, there's something you don't know that we share. When I was 16, I joined a modern dance group. Ooh. And I thought I wanted to actually become a professional dancer. Okay. Uh, in Yes, uh, in contemporary dance. Yeah. And um, eventually, I went into sciences. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because actually, I came from there from actually painting. Um, wow. I was painting with a muralist in Mexico, and then I went into dance. Yeah. And eventually I went back to high school and, you know, got diverted to the sciences. So I yeah. think that some of the paths that we followed are somewhat uh, circuitous, but um, yeah. not so different. Um, well, I love that, that you also, I'm, I'm sure you still maintain a passion for dance. Oh, I do. Oh, yeah. Don't let <laughs> the do. beat, don't let the yes. beat catch us right yeah the beat will not go undanced <laughs> so tell me if you don't mind or tell our listeners um why 
you know, you've, you've, you've talked a little bit about that. You've had those reflections. Mm. What is the, uh, the why that animates you? And uh, I think you mentioned a little bit how that came to be when you discovered it. But would you mind sharing for the next few minutes a little bit of that um, personal why of yours that has, you know, now you working in the area where you're working? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, I just want, I'll give a, a little bit of background. So um, just generally on my topic, you know, you get scholars going, we can't stop ourselves because we're so excited. But um, so I, in particular, I look at how religion shapes and impacts race and ethnicity. And then conversely, how race and ethnicity shape religion. Um, and so when I go back and I, when I, as I mentioned, I began to notice these differences uh, in different in churches that had different racial and ethnic compositions and just kind of stood out to me. Um, and I really wanted to know sort of what is going on here? Why does this, why is this continuing to exist in this day and age, you know, well after the civil rights movement, well after the end of Jim Crow? Um, why is it that as Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. talked about, he talked about Sunday being the most segregated hour of the week, and it was still the case decades later. And in fact, it's still the case today, even though um, over the past decade or so, we have seen greater and greater diversity in religious spaces. Um, it still is by and large a segregated space. And so, you know, to me, that was a really interesting um, question. And another reason why it's interesting, Patrick, is because, <laughs> Race and religion are really um, interconnected in the U.S. context. Uh, if we think about the ways in which um, chattel slavery, the ways in which uh, the treatment of Native Americans in our in our society have been framed, often these are framed with religious ideologies um, and understandings. And so, for me. I really wanted to know, again, why, why is that? Why is this impacting this? Why is our world work in the way that it does? Um, and then I would say sort of on a person and a more sort of, not just my personal sort of reason about why it sort of triggered and made me think about how is it that people can and experience religion in the US. I was also, I'm also really interested in the work that I do, having practical, and accessible uh, implications for, for practitioners. So I really want my scholarship to be something that affects the world. Um, I mean, I appreciate, you know, when people, scholars read my work and, and it impacts the kind of work they do. That matters, that matters to us as scholars. But for me, what's important is that it goes beyond that. And so I am grateful and privileged that my work has been able to do that, that it has been the kind of scholarship that people who are practitioners in this world, um, in this space, that's what I'm talking about, racial and ethnically diverse spaces, uh, religious spaces in particular, are able to assess it and access it and use it. So I would say those are my sort of big whys of why I do the work I do. I wanted to make a difference. I wanted to be accessible to people. Um, I want to impact um, society in a way that changes it in what I would consider a more, I don't want to word, 
a more um, a space where people can be right a space where we are is going in a positive direction a space that's more um, just so yeah that's why I do that's why I do what I do mm -hmm. thank you so much um well the few times I've met you you always create spaces where people can be and can feel to be themselves so I am not surprised that this is the one that animates you and I feel privileged with you sharing your story thank you so much Corey um the last question I have for you is a little bit about the future you mm -hmm. have why you have found you know uh, what animates you and um and obviously you make you have a really impactful um presence in academia what would be a piece of advice um, that you would like to share with early um early career faculty or emerging scholars graduate students postdoc who are considering joining academia what would you like to share with them in preparing for joining the space where obviously you enjoy working and enjoying making an impact yeah yeah, I think that's such a such an important question, Patrick. And I appreciate just you, you know, being interested in hearing what I have to say here. And, and let me say this: whenever I am talking to my graduate students or somebody who's in an early career, uh, when it comes to in, in academia, I I always say, work on something that you're passionate about. Pursue answering those research questions that you really care about, that you want to know the answer for. I think that because of the demands, uh, many of the expectations of academia, you know, we, depending on our disciplines, of course it varies, but we have expectations of presenting and publishing and, and doing creative cutting edge research uh, um, pursuing, you know, service in a, in a variety of different academic um, associations. You know, we we have a lot that we are expected to do. We are to teach. We are to nurture um, um, students, and so on. So there's a lot on our plate. And sometimes, because of external expectations, um, we can either come to a point where we think we have to, or it might be that there are some expectations that we that are communicated to us that make us think that perhaps I need to pursue this kind of research because it's maybe the hot research at the time, or maybe I need to use I should use this methodological approach or engage in this research design because this is what most people in my field do, or perhaps I need to really just focus on this area because from what I'm learning from looking at the top journals, uh, this is what gets published. And that's a very practical, I suppose, approach to being an academic. But I believe that that's not what's needed to really get you through to the long, to the long haul, to really drive you uh, as an academic. I believe it's, we are driven by and we do the best work when we are really passionate about a particular question that we want to answer. And we look out there in the literature and nobody has actually answered it yet or pursued it in the way that we think 
it's important to be pursued. And you know what I would say, and I do say that's true. We have to believe that if it's not out there, if we've done our due diligence, then answering that question might actually reside in us. And it's our opportunity uh, to answer that question for the world. And so I believe that people who are thinking about going into academia or people who are just beginning on this journey, that you will um, do yourself justice and the world justice if you pursue that work that really matters to you, that's really important to you. And don't compromise on it. So beautiful. You are the epitome of why I, I want to have this, this series. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing um, with the listeners um, your experience, your life, your life's passion. And, and importantly, at the very end, um, your advice to the next generation of scholars. So thank you so much for joining me. And I look forward to see you again very soon. Thank you so much, Patrick, for having me. This has been a delight. The Faculty Stories Tell Me Your Why podcast is produced by The Ohio State University's Office of Faculty Affairs. For more information, visit us at faculty.osu.edu. I'm your host, Patrick Luschwein. Thanks for listening and join us again soon.